Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths. This is just Mark at the top of the show. Um, you all know what this bit is now. This is the bit where I beg and plead for you to share the podcast around with your friends and give it a five-star rating on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you're new here, then go back to those instructions and do that. That would be a treat. This week's episode is with Matthew and we're talking about the movie Wishmaster. The only thing of note in this episode is that um, we had a slight technical hitch with the Zoom call right on the last two questions of the horror sandwich. So um, after he answers the first of the questions, we jump straight into the second one without any sort of um, chat from each other. But that's not a problem. Um, So Wishmaster is about a genie who grants three wishes, but he's a bit of a prick. Of course, if I had three wishes, I'd wish for world peace the health and happiness of my friends and family, and of course for you to enjoy this episode. (laughs) Gullible lot. Obviously it'd be money, money, money. Oh, bugger! Welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast where each week I talk to a guest about their history with horror movies and a movie of their choice with a couple of fun questions at the end, creating a delightful horror sandwich. This week I'm joined by Matthew, who I'm going to say hello to now. Hello, Matthew. Hello. How are we today? I am. I'm tired, but you know what? I'm hanging in there and I get to talk about horror movies, which is my favorite thing in the world. So we're doing good. Okay, awesome. Yeah, well, it's my favorite thing in the world. So, you know, that's why I do this thing. <laughs> so let me try and find the questions. I had recently been trying to put in a bit of, a bit of filler chat here, but I don't know what to talk about. So now I'm rambling while I find the questions, which I should already know. Okay, uh, let's get into it then. So what is the first horror movie you can remember seeing i guess it depends on like what constitutes a horror movie because i i grew up with like jurassic park and casper and ghostbusters and goosebumps and things like that but the first like non-kids focused movie that you would unequivocally call a horror movie and you couldn't call it anything else that i remember seeing is mm-hmm. scream um, All right, and I, okay. I know you've said that that was several other people's answers also, but it was, I mean, it was huge at the time. It came out in, I think, 96, so I would have been like seven years old, and uh, we had the VHS copy, so I would have seen it like right when it when it came out. Right, yeah, and in fairness, Scream relaunched horror, to be, to be honest. It was on its, it was on its arse. For sure. It was on the back end of, you know, countless uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street sequels that were just yeah. beaten into the ground, and the audience was just bored with it at that point i think yeah so I, I it's certainly understandable that that is why people um started there because it was a sort of revolution as it were <laughs> as far yeah. as horror, horror movies go even though when you break it down there's it's just a slasher movie but there's just something extra about it something yeah. extra about it so yeah um no yeah, that's fine and uh, I don't know. People keep saying Jurassic Park isn't a horror film, but I really think that it is. 
I'm sure that it is. <laughs> uh, mm. I mean, the more there, I think... There's definitely horror elements in it, but let, let's put it this way. I would let, like, an eight-year-old kid see Jurassic Park. I don't know that I'd let an eight-year-old kid see, like, The Shining or something. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park's not psychological, but it's certainly scary. Um, that first T-Rex attack is really intense. Oh, for sure. You know. And in, fair, in fairness, in... In Jurassic Park, a dude does get eaten. Um, another guy on gets the toilet. Yeah, another guy gets spat on and eaten, and then later on, there's a severed arm. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty decent. It's it's not not horror. <laughs> it's, no. it's somewhere in the middle there. No, it's certainly come up on here before that Spielberg has scared a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. So, given that, when did you become a horror fan? Did Scream drag you in, or was it after that? Uh, I mean, it was honestly, I might have even already been a horror fan before that. Like I said, that I very well could have seen, you know, Halloween or whatever right. before that at some point, but I'm, I'm not sure. But it was I it was as a child. Um, you know, I, I was always I think I consciously made like a decision like I need a thing in my life, like I need a an <laughs> angle or whatever. And that was kind of my angle is I'll be the horror movie guy. And it was, it bled into everything. Like I was big into wrestling as mm -hmm. most people my age were. And like, I was all over the undertaker. So did I already like horror movies? And that's why I like the undertaker or did I love the undertaker? And that made me start liking horror movies that, I mean, one kind of fed into the other one and it, yeah, I just kind no, of never stopped. Good. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I'm with you. I was a wrestling fan and mind you, I was an ultimate warrior guy. So I can't say, uh, well, yeah. Let's not get into wrestling. This is not wrestling podcast. I mean, I could, do you know what I mean? Oh, I could <laughs> definitely I mean? I do could that do, too. I could do that as well, especially if we spent our days in the attitude era. I'd be be here for hours. That'll be the next step. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do a wrestling podcast. Wrestling sandwich. So, uh, what is the scariest horror movie? That's tough. The, I guess my first thought was Insidious. I remember um, having a very... Uh, I don't know, memorable, visceral reaction to that at the theater. It, it like scared mm -hmm. the hell out of me. Um, I honestly think The Conjuring does kind of the same thing and does it better and is probably scarier. But the first time I saw Insidious really stuck with me. And it's not like it came out and I was, you know, 12 years old and I saw it. I was uh, an adult when I saw it and it still scared the hell out of me. So I, I think that really says something. Yeah, you know, for it. yeah it is. Insidious is scary. It's not the one that's got tiptoe by the window on it. I think that might be in the second one, though, but I'm oh, not is sure. It? Okay. Yeah, I, I certainly remember finding it scary because there's a lot of there's a lot of jump scares in it, but they're not the sort of what what I would think of a as, a as a traditional jump scare where they lure you into a jump scare. They just yeah, it's it's not cheap. Like it it's not it's not a person clapping their hands and saying boo. It's it does the the audio sting, but then it shows the thing's face and it stays on it. So like it, mm. it kind of stays with you for a second. It's not it is a jump scare, but it's not quite as cheap. Yeah, it's something different. That's James. No, that isn't James one, is it? No, that because that's he's conjuring. I don't know what insidious who insidious was. Uh, I think it is James one. Yeah, James one and Lee Winnell. So both of the saw guys. Okay. Oh, well, there you go then. Fair enough. <laughs> well, that that's well, that says a lot anyway because James one's just been revolutionizing horror you know, all over, yeah. the, all over the place recently. Yeah, it, it's like how you said there was a lull before Scream came out. I feel like there was another one, and then one kind of, there's sort of a, a big, maybe not young, but up-and-coming 
that revitalized and one is one of them with saw and conjuring and insidious yeah and dead silence and then what jordan peele is doing right now and then uh the haunting on hill house guy that mike flanagan like those those people are like holding horror up right now and making things that are better than what anyone else can make yeah no you're right yeah there's um there's another one to add to that to that list of directors as well um ari aster yeah there you go yeah 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 He's been doing amazing things recently as well. And uh, I don't want to get distracted by that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, actually, I will get distracted by that because I've um, been trying to watch uh, quite a few of his films recently. And uh, I watched Midsommar was him, right? Yep. I watched Midsommar and I've seen Hereditary and I watched X. And uh, I'm pleased to say that he sort of changes his style quite a lot, which is good. It doesn't doesn't stick with something but he also knows how to create tension um but in different in different ways so yeah no i i think um i think he might be my favorite horror director at the moment um, yeah hereditary was uh hereditary was very closely the uh the movie that i picked to talk about today but i, I decided against it yeah yeah it would have been uh, it would have been probably a difficult one to do as well it would have been less fun that's for sure that is a- <laughs> A dark, dreary, dour movie. Yeah, yeah. the The episode that I talked to, um, the episode that I talked to Mike before you when we did La Yorona was was quite similar because there's not not a lot happens in that, and it was difficult to go through. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. Let's keep going. Uh, the best kill. Um, so my my first thought answer was this was from Final Destination, but uh, the person you had on last week chose final destination uh so i'm gonna go with something else uh i like uh american psycho the axe to the face because it's it's to jared leto's face so you can't not like that um (laughs) the opening a ghost ship where the wire takes out everybody is amazing Mm -hmm. um but my actual answer is the climax of cabin in the woods where all the elevator doors open and it just takes everybody out in like crazy ways just because of how different it is from what's happening in the movie until that point it like blew me away so unexpected yeah it's good yeah it's basically a bloodbath um, yeah in in very weird different funny ways yeah i think somebody chose one of those kills on here i think the unicorn kill um, okay it's okay. <laughs> certainly unexpected yeah so what are the standout effects i i struggled with this one too super basic but uh the thing it's it's perfect and for how old it is and how mm. well it holds up it's it's incredible and low budget like it's incredible how how much they were able to pull off with the the technology and the budget that they had available to them yeah it it, it, it does it's, it's it's sort of not to take anything away it sort of feels like the obvious answer um, right but i think that the reason for that is is because it's the right answer because it's maybe it might be the right answer yeah, yeah. Yeah, although we'll get into it later, but the film that you brought today is actually, I quite enjoyed the effects in, well. Oh, yeah. The episode's going to be called Wishmaster, so everybody sure. knows that. <laughs> I don't know why I was like being coy about it. So, yeah, but we'll get into that. So a movie that needs a sequel or movies that need to stop making sequels, or of course, if you've got an answer for both, go mad. 
needs a sequel i i'd say nightmare on elm street is ready it's been a long time like even the crappy reboot was over a decade ago at this point hmm. bring robert england back one last time while he's still around um yeah. you know we lost wes craven so he he couldn't come back that would be ideal but i i'd like to see one one more cap uh, you know cap it off my fun backup answer to that though would be a sequel to american psycho with christian bale back as patrick bateman to see how he lives in the 90s or early 2000s and like if he's still up to it and if the yuppies are still turning their backs on it or whatever yeah that'd be cool yeah so with um, film american psycho oh i love it so much <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorites um to stop making sequels i'd say the purge uh they they just keep putting them out and I, I think I've seen two or three of them, but I haven't bothered for a while. But I like it seems like every other year I see commercials for another one and it's just mm. the same thing. Like I, I actually thought the first one was more interesting, kind of a close quarters, cramped, burglar, um, paranoid type of feeling. And then every other one since then has been running away from people on the streets and the rich people are killing the poor people. And if there's less poor people, then the government doesn't have to pay for them. And like those are good points and like i'm not saying i disagree with it but like we get it it's yeah. five movies yeah. in a row we get it no you're right because i think it was a tv show as well for the purge yeah i never bothered no i did i didn't i watched the first one and as i recall i didn't enjoy it i think it's got a stupid ending as i recall and that's just enough to make me uh, not want to watch yeah. these things. I don't even remember what the ending is. No, I, I'm sure it has a really silly ending. That's my recollection of it anyway. But I haven't seen a single other Purge film. And I'm all constantly watching horror movies. So it says something for me to not even <laughs> not even to dip into any more of them. Um, yeah. So moving on from there, what is your favorite franchise? Uh, judging by your reaction in other episodes that I've listened to, you're going to love this. Uh, my favorite <laughs> franchise is Saw. <laughs> even, I, I think even the bad ones are good. I, the, the things that everyone hates, those stupid forced twist endings, I love that stuff. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that still likes even the bad Shyamalan movies. Right. Um, so I, I get more enjoyment out of that than watching, like, I think I could binge the whole Saw series over two weeks as opposed to Halloween or Friday the 13th, which I've totally done that before, but like yeah. the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh Friday the 13th movies, they're very much the same movie over and over again. At least the Saw movies are very different from one another, even if they are, you know, yeah, not, not great. <laughs> I think I'm, I, by the fact that the amount of people that have said Saw, I'm definitely on the, um, the, the wrong side of that probably or at least mm -hmm. well no i don't believe that because you know everyone's allowed to like what they want to like that's sure. that's my that's my whole thing on here you like what you want to like um, oh, and i i have nothing against the the other you know franchise i mean christ i have jason Voorhees tattooed on my arm so oh, cool. you know i i do have love oh, yeah. for that too but yeah the thing is though i actually watched spiral the other day because i think it was on free on prime and i didn't mind it actually thought it was fine um i realize it's yeah. i realize it's not directly part of saw although it obviously is but yeah apart from the ending of that film it was quite good it was quite enjoyable you know, it's funny as I'm I'm in like a Facebook group of like Saw fan, whatever, and mm -hmm. everybody in there hates it because it's not Saw. Like it's right. not, this isn't the exact thing I'm expecting. So I automatically hate it. 
Yeah, I think I that's probably why I did like it. Yeah, no, um, I, I liked it too. I thought it was better than, you know, maybe the, the later four, five, six, seven, whatever, however many they even went through. It's mm -hmm. not as good as, you know, one, two, three, four, but it's it's not the worst in the series for sure. I thought I quite enjoyed some of the traps as well in that one. I think maybe I need to go back down the saw hole and oh, that doesn't sound good. Down a, <laughs> down a saw well, hole. Sounds like a trap. <sighs> yes, yeah, so let's let's stay away from the saw hole. Um, right. So what is the worst horror you've seen? Possibly the Black Christmas remake from 2019. I just remember hating every character. And uh, I, I don't remember enough about it to get into why I hated it so much, but I just remember like, this is really bad. Yeah. Um, and then the the big one that is gonna like irritate people, the, the original Blair Witch Project, um, saw that when I, it came out, it was very slow. I just didn't get it and I hated it, but I was like 10 years old. So yeah. time passed. And as you know, in my mid twenties or so, I'm like, I'm gonna give it another chance. I really like Paranormal Activity. Um, I'm, I dig found footage. I can handle a slow paced movie. Maybe I just didn't like it because I was a kid, hmm. and I watched it again and I hated it even more. Like oh, that, really? the, the last five minutes are interesting, and other than that, they are. It is people walking in circles. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't get it. I guess. Um, well, it, it, but it is each to their own on that. And I remember the first time I saw Blair Witch, I didn't like it either. Like, I was signed up to the ending because that's probably the best part of the film. Yeah. But, but I do, I think I do appreciate it. I say I think I do. I do appreciate it now. But, and obviously wouldn't agree and say it's probably the worst horror movie, but it's, I do kind of agree with you. It is kind of dull. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think even people who like it would agree that it's, you know, it's not an action packed thing. That's not what it's supposed to be. But I didn't even, I, it, it wasn't building tension for me. I, no. I was just waiting for it to start. No. And in terms of fan footage, it fits, it fits that brilliantly because it does feel like fan footage. And I think that's why it caught on in the first place because yeah. found footage wasn't really a thing yet. And the internet was so new and mysterious that people ate it up and thought it was legitimately real in, yeah. you know, in 99 or whenever it came out. And me knowing that it wasn't, I was kind of, I, I was kind of up against the wall of liking it to begin with. And then the, the movie just couldn't sway me from there, I guess. Yeah. And with you and that, I don't like being forced to like something. <laughs> um so what is your favorite horror movie i mentioned american psycho before that's like a i don't know a, a pet favorite movie i guess mm -hmm. it's I, I get that it's not a masterpiece but it's once you've seen it 200 times every line in that movie makes me laugh like yeah. it's it's the way he plays that character is incredible um so that would probably be my favorite but i think the my more um you know the the best horror movie is another generic answer but halloween the original 78 it's that movie's perfect like wouldn't change a frame of it that's the that is the ideal movie that i would love to talk about on a podcast but i am not worthy like you need to get a celebrity like you need to get someone good on the show to talk about halloween 78 well i don't expect to see celebrities on here at, at any point and we will i will get to halloween i think i i, I think to be honest, I think I'm going to try and do Halloween at Halloween. I think that's... Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, I think, why not? You know, let's try and aim for a Halloween episode and do do Halloween. Um, I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert on these things. So, you know, when all I really want to do is get people on here who love it and want to talk about what they love. Um, yeah, there you go. 
had you said Halloween, I would have said no. Um, because I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still not ready for go. it. I'm still not ready for it. So that is the first slice of bread in this horror sandwich. So we've got our bread. We've put some butter on it. The butter of questions, as it were. And now we're ready for the filling, which would be what? What are we having in our sandwich? Uh, Wishmaster. No, but if or you... do you mean food-wise? Yeah, what, what, what filling will you actually have in your sandwich? I'm just at home. I'm I'm a ham and cheese kind of guy, just plain. But you know, if I'm if I'm really feeling it, there's this there's a pizza place nearby, and they have mm. a big big giant sandwich. It's like uh, steak and cheese. They throw French fries on it, hot sauce. It's incredible. Oh, buffalo steak, buffalo steak hoagie. It's uh, you can't eat more than like one a year, or you'll have a heart attack. But my <laughs> God, that one a year is worth it. Oh, well, that's what we're aiming for. Crikey, I'm not sure the Wishmaster is going to fill such a delightful sandwich. No. <laughs> um, so originally, well, we will go, I'll just go into this. Originally, we were going to do the others with Nicole Kidman, but unfortunately, I couldn't get hold of it. Uh, couldn't find it anywhere for some reason. Yeah, you know, I've, I've actually run into the same issue too, to the point where I've talked about that movie to people at work, and I had to bring in the DVD copy for them to watch All it because right. they couldn't find it anywhere. So it's, I don't know why. Um, I, I think it's like uh, that movie's all over the place. It was like a Spanish production, but it was made for an American audience and it has Australian actors. So like, I, I suspect that something in the distribution, they just would have to make too many phone calls to make it available for, for streaming or something. I don't know. Oh, it was a bit of a shame because I was, I was vaguely looking forward to doing it, but mostly because I remember not liking it the first time around. But really? uh, yeah, but that might, it might be because when I watched it, it wasn't, the sort of movie that I would watch, sure. um, if if that makes sense. Because remember, it's quite slow going, right? Um, yep. And I, I I like that in a horror movie now, but I started with slasher films, so I guess yeah, it's it's definitely not that. Well, this it's, I think Wishmaster's more up your alley then. Yeah, no, I I, I I like the slow paced stuff now. I really like. In fact, yeah. I prefer yeah. that building tension. I think is is what makes a horror film, and I think. I know eventually I'm going to have to do these questions myself, but I think what it is, is I was sort of afraid to watch horror films because I started with Poltergeist and I didn't like ghosts and, oh. and stuff like that. And so you're safe with slashers because they're generally pretty good fun. Most yep. of them are pretty good fun. And so I'm like, I don't actually want to be scared by these films. I like them, but I don't want to be scared by them. Whereas now I find that I much prefer to be scared by them. So, you know, going, yeah. going back to what you were saying earlier, like hereditary, scary yep. as. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. But anyway, let's get into the filling, which is Wishmaster 1997, produced by Wes Craven. I'm not sure how much he actually, how much involvement he actually had in this, but it was produced by Wes Craven and directed by Robert Kurtzman, who from the research that I put into it, didn't hasn't directed much at all. Uh, he's no, more big, of a makeup big special guy. effects guy, yeah. yeah. Special effects guy doing, he did Dust Till Dawn. Um, there was quite a lot of movies. I did this, I, I went into like his IMDb page and I was like, what can I say he's best known for on the podcast? And <laughs> I just, just scrolling and scrolling and I was like, oh, he's he's done every movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's, his special effects are all over the place. So not much in terms of directing, but, you know, special effects. But I think that you see that in this. You see that in yeah. this film. Cast-wise, we've got Andrew Devoff as the gin. 
Robert Englund as R- Raymond Beaumont. Not that he's in it much. Tammy Lauren as Alex. And I put Tony Crane as Josh. Not that we see much Josh. No. Uh, I'll get to that again. So this was budgeted in at $5 million and box office around $15.7 million. I will say that, again, do you know, actually, you're going to hear this a lot from me, is I actually did watch this probably in 97 and I didn't like it then. <laughs> didn't like it the first time I saw it. Oh, but let's get into it. Uh, oh, I did I did see that this has spawned three sequels, which I have never ever got into. Okay, so maybe we should say this to the end, but two's okay. It's on par with this, maybe not quite as good. Three's bad, and four is like unwatchable. He has a sword fight with somebody at some point. It has nothing to there's I don't think they make a wish in the fourth Wishmaster movie. Like it's so far removed from what this movie is. Makes me want to see it. <laughs> it kind of makes me want to watch it again too. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it since I don't whenever whenever I happened to see it at the top right oh four or whatever. I definitely haven't seen any of them besides this one recently. No, yeah. Um yeah, so I think I'm oh, well, let's do this at the end. Let, let's do that at the end. Right, okay. So this movie opens uh, and we see somebody crafting a gem, which I don't know if you noticed this, but it looks very similar to the scene at the beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy's crafting his glove. It's very yeah. shot, very similarly, like close up things. You know, it's good. Enjoyed it. <laughs> um, from there, we get, I don't want to say backstory, but we get some text on the screen that basically tells us that when God created the earth, he created angels and men, and the djinn lived between worlds um, yes. this is read by angus scrim who was the tall man in phantasm once in a time before time god breathed life into the universe and the light gave birth to angels and the earth gave birth to man and the fire gave birth to the jinn creatures condemned to dwell in the void between the worlds one who wakes a jinn shall be given three wishes. Upon the granting of the third, the unholy legions of the jinn shall be freed upon the earth. Yes, I was going to bring that up if you didn't. It's like a, there's there's a lot of that in here where it's interesting that a non-horror director was the director on this because there's so many, it, like this is like a love letter or like, it almost feels like a party of horror people like Tony Todd's in it, the tall man's in it, uh, Robert England's in it. It's all these people from that are more well. Um, what's his name? Kane, Kane, Ho- Kane the guy Hodder's that was uh, it, yeah. Kane Hodder. Yeah. yeah. It's like all these people who are well known from more well known horror movies coming together for to do bit parts in this weird thing. Yeah, it's odd. It's odd that so many people show up, but it's fine. And they are just sort of like brief like <laughs> yeah it, it's like easter eggs yeah. for for horror yeah. to go oh hey i know yeah, that guy that's nice that's nice um so in the opening scenes we back in the old and olden days i should have written the date down did you do that it <laughs> uh i i'm gonna guess it's the 1100s i think it says 1127 but that i might be making that up uh it says it's in persia and it shows the ec- exterior of the that's building right. which is the most clearly model like toy exterior shot in history yeah (laughs) it is so obviously not a real building no like dipping into this movie it's like got practical effects and visual effects 
and the visual effects don't stand up to the practical effects like what you're saying so it, right um, well i mean what, what was that budget again though like five million. this wasn't going toe-to-toe -to -toe with no, jurassic no, park that's, that's very true and in fairness like 1997 that's the sort of you know the beginnings of cgi and stuff like that you know yeah and some of it's still better than like the sharknadoes and whatnot oh yeah for sure I mean, I watched it go off on a total tangent about something totally unrelated, but I just watched the Batman on on HBO over the past weekend, and uh, some of the CGI in that was awful. Like when he's he like jumps off of something and he's floating through the air, and I'm like, that's CGI, that's CGI. He's not really doing that at all, and that's probably like a, a two hundred million dollar modern movie or whatever. Yeah, can't say I noticed that. Let's get back to this anyway because we haven't even got into it. so. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Here in the opening scenes, we we hear somebody wish for things they've never seen before. And then what happens is we sort of cut to the inside, I think, of this castle. And it's just all hell breaking loose. It's like a special effects of fun. Um, somebody turns into a tree. Somebody gets sucked into the wall. A man, a man's skeleton rips itself out of him. Um, and then the skeleton goes on a rampage. I will I will say that that skeleton scene is one of my favorite horror scenes that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very much the uh what's his name like Ray Harryhausen or whatever yeah. like the old-timey like uh Clash of the Titans looking yeah, I, thing the stop motion or I whatever. I loved it. I really I, I really loved it. It wasn't one it's been one of my favorite effects that I, that I've seen. So I'm happy to have watched this film just for that. I enjoyed seeing it sort of rip out of his skin. Weird. <laughs> Who comes up with these things? I think there's a guy who turns into a snake. And yep. can confirm. There's quite a lot of gear going on there. There's almost too much to see. Yeah, the guy gets Han Soloed into the, the carbonite. Yeah, yeah, the guy gets sucked into the wall. <laughs> yeah. We see the djinn talking to, I guess, the leader of all these people, and he's like going, go on, make a third wish, you know you want to. But this wizard comes in and he goes, no, don't make a third wish. Because if you do, this dude's going to release hell on earth. And then the wizard sucks the gin into an opal, a ruby, a, a precious stone. How's he do it? Who's how's to say? The, how's he do it? And then we skip to present day, which means this film's set in 2022, right? I mean... <laughs> yep. It's weird. Everyone's dressed weird for... 2022 haha ha, what a hilarious joke <laughs> uh, sorry we're at the docks we see a drunk guy trying to lower a crate and ted Raimi's there and he's going hey careful with that thing but he drops it on top of his head which is nice and that's the last we see of him <laughs> that's the last we see no that isn't the last we see of him no, that isn't the last we see of him. We'll get back to him. <laughs> then as the statue that was inside is smashed, there's a little, well, the stone that we saw before was in there. And, and one of the dock workers goes, oh, I'm going to steal this uh, stone. We meet Alex, who's our main character. She's playing tennis with her friend. And her friend, Nick, is that right? No, no, it's not Nick. Josh, her boss is called Nick. He's uh, like, come on, let's go on a date. But she she won't that old that old thing oh, friend zoned yeah this movie like invented it like he's he's spoiler alert he's not around for very long but they really hit the friend zone angle hard for uh 
for the time he is around. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should just enjoy being a friend and stop trying to stop trying to force a date. Out of her. I, don't I know. thought I thought you were gonna say maybe she should just go out with him. No, maybe you should. Maybe you should just stop. You know, he does get a little pushy. Like he's he's right on the line. <laughs> Just because he's a girl and she's your friend, you don't have to do this thing. Anyway, so um, we cut to where Alex works and and she's got this boss, Nick, who's quite an amusing character, actually. And he's got this opal and he's saying, oh, have a look at this and see how much it's worth for me. Um, so she looks at it, but it's obviously a bit weird. She Breathes on it a bit, gives it a little rub. Oh, oh, how do you get how do you get genies out? Give it a rub. Does the genie come out? No, he doesn't. <laughs> she he then, wakes up. He wakes up. He's like, oh, my slumber. I don't know. So, but she takes the stone to her friend Josh, and um, he's like, he's like, I'll put it in this spec spec spectrometer. He <laughs> sounded like Borat. <laughs> Spectrometer is into the spectrometer, which he does, but then it does an explosion, which pretty much it doesn't actually kill him. He's on the floor going, oh, this is very painful. And we see the gin, but he's a tiny little gin played by Vern Troyer, no less. Correct. Yes. Um, the Austin Powers. Yeah, from the Austin Powers. And he got the gin says, look, you know. I can take your pain away if you want. And he goes, yeah, all right, fine. But, you know, more intense than that. Is the pain terrible? I can help you with that. I can ease your suffering. All you have to do is ask. Tell me you want the pain to cease. So obviously he makes that wish, but it basically kills Josh. And then, but then that makes the gin make him grow. He grows into a big gin boy because from this film, uh, every time somebody makes a wish, he gets their soul or he gets their soul later, but he gets some power from it at least. It's Uh, very Hellraiser. Yes, it is very Hellraiser. Some of this movie's got a lot of Hellraiser in it, I think, or at least some. So it turns out that Josh is dead. Well, Alex goes to visit this crime scene, but Josh is dead, and she's quite caught up about it. She's, you know, oh, I didn't even let him date me. Yeah. <laughs> you said he was just your friend. Oh, yeah, but Matt. <laughs> well, now, now that he's, he's dead. Now he's dead. I want him. Oh, okay. I was going to say yes tomorrow, I swear. <laughs> so the next thing we have is this um, Bowman, a pharmacist, um, and they have a little argument with each other, which is rather amusing. They're somewhat swearing at each other. It's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to write down any of the ridiculous things the homeless guy says? Um, I didn't, know. No. I didn't either, unfortunately. But I will... I know he calls him an educated idiot, but I think that's the least funny thing that he says. He does, yeah. Um, I will. I'll put a sound clip in. Oh, um, yeah. There you go. Yeah, for sure. I'll put a sound clip in for sure. So 
Look, how many times I gotta tell you? Hey, you left customers in there. That's not a good way to run a yeah, business. Don't tell me how to run my business. You're a fucking bum. Well, you don't tell me how to run my life. You're a fucking prick. I'll talk to anybody I want to. You don't own this fucking sidewalk. You want to know something? I do own this fucking sidewalk. You want to know why? Because I pay fucking taxes. Fuck you. No, fuck you! I hope you die, you sack of shit. I hope you die, and I hope you float down the gutter so I can fucking piss on you. Bald-headed baboon. Piss-complected afterbirth of a Chinese gangbanger. Educated idiot! Anyway, so the bum goes around the corner mumbling, and but the gin's there, and he's going. Um, <laughs> I keep giving the gin, the gin this nonchalant voice, but actually he's got this really amazing voice. Um, I don't know why I keep going. The gin's going. Uh, so what do you want to do? But no, he's got this amazing voice. Um, I couldn't even. I'll try it. Another sound clip. <laughs> Let's do another sound clip. But it's very sort of, hello there, do you want to make a wish? That's the guy from <laughs> Saw. That was Macho Man. Back to wrestling. Yeah, could have been, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did he do that? <laughs> that was him, yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the bum wishes that the pharmacist has cancer. He goes, we should have cancer and die. Indulge me then. What would you have happen? Give it some thought. Enjoy it. Hey, should only get cancer. Should only get cancer and die. As you wish. Well, I love the bum guy. He's really good. And then we sort of see the pharmacist get instant cancer. Instant cancer of the face, which melts. So that's that's the kind of cancer that people get. We cut back to Alex, who's having a little cigarette. Uh, oh, you can't. The, the best part of that scene, though, is is after that happens, and then the homeless guy like runs away, and the, the gin goes, run and tell them what you will. Something is here that feeds on wishes. <laughs> run, insect. Run and tell those you will what you will. Tell them there is something loose in their city. Something which feeds on wishes. But tell them quickly, while you still have a soul. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I love it. I, do you know what? I, I missed, I, I, I meant to write that down because while I was... um. While I was watching the film, I thought, this dude just monologues on his own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a man loves to monologue on his own. No, why not? Let's see. So, yeah, we cut back to Alex. His, Alex's sister's there going, talking about some fire or other that, uh, that she was in and her parents were in. She goes, well, yeah, but you saved my life. Yeah, but I didn't save our parents. Well, you know, go over it, dude. But Alex go, oh, I forgot to say that Alex has been getting visions of these wishes. Every time someone makes a wish, she gets visions. So she goes to the docks and she manages to find the dude who found the gem. And she's like, all right, mate, where'd you get this gem? But he's a bit of a pervert and he's, but is he? Yeah, he is. 
There's a but decent he, amount of that in this because uh, I one of my notes that I have written down is why is Freddy Krueger a creeper in this? So yeah, this I definitely got that. He's a bit too. of a. I've written a bit of a perf for him too. <laughs> yeah, it was the nineties. Yeah, a bit of a perf for him too. The thing about that is apparently Robert Englund's, Englund's a really nice guy, but he does play perf really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just before that, we see the gin sneaking into a medical school, but we'll get to that. Yeah, so Robert Englund, uh, Alex goes to see Robert Englund, and she's like, uh, what was going on at the docks? And he's like, well, I was getting his statue delivered, um, and I'm a bit of a perv, which he is. And he invites her to a party that will happen later in the film, boy, people. So in the medical hospital, we see that the genie, the genie, oh, the gin, sorry, is stealing a face. As you do. As you do. But a medical student comes in and goes, hey, don't steal faces. And, and the gin's like, oh, I bet you wish you didn't see this, don't you? And he's like, well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so he takes I, like it. How, I like how people will like answer his questions while they're in states of duress. Like, I'm not sure that I would just, I'd either like scream or run away or try to fight him or something. I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I do wish I wasn't seeing this. <laughs> I, I guess I think I really enjoyed that bit because there's something weird about that interaction that, that you just said where it's like I bet you wish you weren't seeing this don't you it's like it's, it's almost like I guess you know what you're right <laughs> <laughs> so then he takes his eyes away well no he covers his eyes up doesn't he yeah they like uh, I think it grows like skin over his eyes or something but um, again, Alex gets a vision of this. She goes to see Wendy Derleth, who is basically like a folklore expert who Robert Englund sent her to. And basically she's there going, look, these genies that you know about, they're not Robin Williams, they're not... She does I mention dream them. genie, whatever. Yeah, I dream of... They're evil. Evil. Which is fun. A court sorcerer is said to have imprisoned an evil spirit within it. An evil spirit. Yes, a creature from the spaces between the worlds. A djinn. A djinn. A genie? Now hold on a minute. Forget what our culture has made of the djinn. Forget Barbara Eden, forget Robin Williams. To the peoples of ancient Arabia, a djinn was neither cute nor funny. It was something else entirely. It was the face of fear itself. The genie is then, I keep saying genie. I'm sticking to genie. That right. is what it is. <laughs> I'm sticking to genie. So the genie is in this store and he's talking to this um, very attractive young lady. And uh, again, this is another wish that's a bit of a, I guess, because yeah. she's talking to her and she's going, you're very beautiful, but you know, beauty fades over time. I bet you wish you were beautiful forever, don't you? And she's like, I guess. And he goes, well, say it then. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I really like that part because it's not like up until like the movie as a whole is kind of schlocky and goofy and fun, mm-hmm. but that part in particular is a little more like kind of creepy and like somber in a way that the rest of the movie isn't. And I feel like it even just a little bit it like flexes a different side that the rest of the movie doesn't show. Yeah, uh, I actually forgot to mention that when he stole someone's face in the um, thing that that makes him look human. I didn't say that. So he's not he's not actually swanning around um, the thing looking like a gin, which uh, again we haven't mentioned. The gin does look really good. It looks great. Yeah. So yeah, he turns her into a mannequin anyway. He turns her into a mannequin. So now she's beautiful forever, forever. I I guess. 
or as mm. as long as mannequins last. Yeah. So not forever then. Probably like twenty years. <laughs> At best. <Or> however, <laughs> however long mannequins last. Hmm. Who's to say? So then the gin goes to the police station, and he goes to this cop, and he's like, "Oi, give us Alex's address." And the guy goes, "No, I don't want to do that." He goes, like, but, but then he goes, "You see that guy over there? He's like." He won't tell us he's killed someone. I wish we could see him kill someone. So the genie goes, okay, I can do that. Um, well, I don't know if she actually says that to the guy. I can do that for you. Uh, uh, and then, of course, this guy that they're trying to arrest just starts shooting up the place. Um, but he's also been given a little bit of extra genie shell strength. So he rips out someone's jaw, which, again, fun effect. Yep. I, I do have, like... He can speak English. He knows people's names. He goes to a store. He knows like how to shop and interact with people. And they think he's just a normal human being. But like he does he can't get her address. But he also knows what an address is and how to use it to find where a house is. Like where are his power? He's been in a gem for 800 years. Like why does he know what he does know and doesn't know what he doesn't know? It's very vague and strange it is very vague and strange and and and, and his his whole thing is so like um <laughs> vaguely nonsensical anyway which i'm actually going to slightly get to now because he then goes to uh where she works um so there's and there's a security guard there who playing by kane hodder um and this is the sort of thing where we find out that the genie can only do anything through wishes so kane hodder's like i wish you'd just walk away and he's <laughs> But then uh, Kane orders all like, um, I'd like to see you go through me. So then the genie turns him into stained glass and then walks right through him. You're becoming a bother, little man. Open the doors. Okay, pal, it's time for you to go. Get out of my way. I don't think so, asshole. Do you have any idea how frustrating it is to have unlimited power and only be able to use it when some worm asks you for something? No, I can't say that I do. Can't say I give a shit either. Ask me for something. Okay? I want you to leave. No. No. I have to get inside. Well, now you'd have to go through me. <laughs> and that is something I would love to see. The thing is about this is, well, I was just going to pick up on is he can only use magic through wishes, but that seems to become vaguely not quite true because there are moments where he disappears. Yeah. And not only that, so like they say that the at some point, in, I didn't write down when it is, but they say the quote, Jinn are created after angels, but before mankind, and they feed on wishes. Well, what the hell were they doing in that space after the angels and before humans were invented? Like, who was wishing? Like, were they fulfilling angel wishes? Like, what, what was their lot in life before mankind was made? I have to wonder if they're created, you know, I wonder if they're created to make wishes not very good. Because... Mm. It seems to me that, obviously, 
they want people to they want someone to make three wishes um what well, the person who releases them they want them to make three wishes but if they gave them the wishes they wanted they'd be more inclined to make that third wish yeah <laughs> and it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me that like you know if the first time they'd done it, the guy was like, "Well, I want to be rich. All right, well, here's all this money. Fine, I want a castle. All right, here's a castle. What else do you want? I don't know. Somewhere else." And they go, "Right, there you go. Oh, by the way, we're going to kill everyone in the world." <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. It's almost like me and you have thought about this more than the filmmakers did. Hmm. It only took me one watch though to get that. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose it doesn't work as a horror film. <laughs> anyway, so he does find Nick the gin and he's like, Look, you know, what can I do to get Alex's address? And Nick's like, A million dollars. And he's like, Yeah, I can do that. And then we sort of skip to Nick's mum getting on a plane and she signs um this million dollar insurance thing. Is it insurance? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then her plane promptly explodes. Yeah, what about all those other people on that plane? They weren't involved in that wish at all. Well, all the people should get a million dollars, all right? So he's paid out everybody. Oh, man. Well, as far as I can tell. At this point, the djinn decides that he's going to claim all the souls that he was wishing. With The people have wished on him. He claims all their souls, which is, I don't know, weird. I don't know why. And there's something about that where it's like, it's not like what I was just saying to you. It's not like he gave them a good wish and then they're suddenly dragged out of this, um, this good wish because he claimed their souls. He gave them awful things. So it's like, yeah, even as a kid that really stuck out to me with the insurance thing, because he did get what he wanted. Like he didn't like everyone else. It's like, Oh, I don't want to see this. And then they get, skin over their eyes or whatever he kills them or he you know turns them into stained mm. glass but this guy just gets a check for a million dollars it's weird though that, yeah well he doesn't <laughs> seem to mind <laughs> i think he's i think they show him with his money and he's like laughing or something now let's see um alex goes to visit wendy again who was the the professor woman from before who I forgot what a speciality was now. I said it before. Uh, folklore. Folklore. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, so she goes to visit Wendy. Wendy's like, uh, are you hungry? Do you want, do you, do you wish for some food? Or... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not hungry. I don't want anything. Do you, do you want a drink? No. Should I turn the heating up? No. Look, just stop asking me if I want stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. I think I know who you are. I know someone who's been asking people for wishes. Yeah. And then anyway, it turns out that it is the gin. And he goes, uh, go on, I'll give you a free wish. And she goes, well, kill yourself then. And, but, and he shoots himself in the head. But then he goes, oh, I cannot die. That which is eternal cannot die. All right, prick. You didn't actually do the wish then, did you? No. Unless I asked you to die. You owe me another free wish. But then he goes, come on, you've got to, you've got to make some wishes. And instead of going, no, she goes, well, I, look, I want to know you intimately. Um, not oh, intimately. He could have taken that way. <laughs> he could have taken that wish any, any way in particular. Huh? Well, her thing is that she likes to know her opponent. So she's like, I want to know you. So he takes her inside the gem 
Um, and inside the gem, we see the sort of people from before, all the souls from before, and they're getting very much tortured. And this is what I was saying to you before. It's quite Hellraiser-y, the way that they're getting oh, yeah. tortured. Yeah. And he's... I haven't written any of it down because he does this weird, what I'd say is monologue, where he doesn't say anything. It really doesn't say anything about, I am the shadows in the... Yeah, okay, mate. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I like mentally check out every time that scene comes on. Yeah. I just, for whatever reason, I never liked it. And it just, it's too red. There's weird, like, hell beastie dog things. That that scene does nothing for me. I wish to know what I am. Do you? I am this. The cry of the abandoned child. The winter of the wicked beast. I am the face that stares back at you from the shadow of the mirror. Yeah, so she gets chased by the hell beastie dog. She knows that the guy needs to make the three wishes, so I don't know why she runs. I'd be like, you ain't going to kill me, dude. <laughs> yeah. You need me more than I need you, son. <laughs> but she does make a second wish. She goes, I want to go home and without you, you prick. So that's what happens. Um, and she goes home and finds out that her sister has gone to... Robert England's party. Uh, so she goes to the party. Da, na, 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 na. Sorry, I don't know why I did that. Um, I liked it. <laughs> she's at the party and well, she's the, she goes to the party and anyway, the gin rocks up to the party as well. And Tony Todd, old Candyman himself, is there going, look, you can't come into the party if you don't have a an invitation. And uh, the gin's like, would you, you'd like another job though, wouldn't you? But <laughs> yeah, it's I suppose. I bet you'd like to escape, wouldn't you? Escape, escape this job. Yeah, I would. Yeah, wish I wish I could escape. I guess. So then he puts him in a Houdini water trap, which is ridiculous. Very silly. And that's one of the things I was saying. Like, why does this guy know who Houdini is, and not just like a vague awareness of him? He knows how long it took him to escape from a trap, yeah. but he doesn't. But he doesn't have this like all powerful knowledge to know how to find this lady. Yeah, he's like, um, yeah, it, it took Houdini three minutes to get out. So, you know, yeah. take as long as you need. And then and Alex straight up sacrifices Tony Todd. Like she's he's chasing her. She's walking into the party and she's like, hey, him, stop him. I'm like, you know <laughs> that he's getting past him somehow. You just killed that man. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Inside the party, we get a bit of a um, sort of jumping slightly ahead, really. We get a bit of a callback really to the first scene where um, the gin is talking to Robert England and England's like oh I'd like to host one of those parties from the from the past and the gin just takes that however he likes so then we get more stuff stuff so we get uh, a girl turns into glass and then smashes all over the place killing a few people a guy gets a snake in his face is that right a snake in his face <laughs> I don't know Yes, sorry. Sounds yes, good is, enough to me. There is a snake in his face, and then there's another guy. There's another guy who has got something stuck in his face, and he's like, ah, uh, uh, visual medium. So he's pulling something out of his face. People. Another guy gets wrapped with piano wire, and then it sort of pops his head off. Again, wonderful practical effects. It's an enjoyable scene. The gin then chases Alex down, and he brings all these statues to life. You know, you come to life, and you come to life. Yeah, so it like reminds me of a Resident Evil yeah, game or something. Yeah, it's also I love that again part. feels like selective magic. 
Um, oh, yeah. How can you do this? Well, I guess once once you're in the party and somebody says, I want my party to be very memorable, you have carte blanche to do whatever you want to make that party memorable. Mm. It still feels selective as magic. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Anyway, so... No. All the security dudes show up, but they get killed by these statues. And I believe the detective is there from earlier. Um, and then the genie makes Dr. Jekyll come alive from a picture. And the, that guy comes out and chops the detective's head off, which is exciting. Uh, and then Alex herself gets sort of trapped down, really. And he's like, go on, you've got to make your third wish. And what she wishes for is that the dock worker from the beginning was not drunk when he went to work, which means that the shipping container that the statue was in, that the genie was in, wouldn't have happened. So we then get a little bit of travelling back in time. And uh, none of this happened. Everyone's favourite ending. None of this actually happened. She goes back to see Nick and she says, come on then, let's go on a date this time because of all that genie stuff. What genie stuff? Oh, yeah, you won't have that. Don't worry about it. And then we see that the genie is still in the statue. And he sort of, he gives us a wry smile. And that is the end of Wishmaster, which I'm going to say now that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, the re I recall seeing it the first time and thought it was stupid, which actually is stupid, but totally enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Um I agree with every word. You, it's just because you don't hate it doesn't mean it's not dumb. <laughs> it is dumb, yeah. but it's also a hell of a lot of yeah. fun. Like it's not trying to be, you know, great. It it is exactly what it's trying to yeah. be. Big dumb fun. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. That's exactly. There's nothing more that you can really say about it. I I would you know anyone who hasn't seen it, I'd certainly recommend seeing it. It's it's like the exact opposite. You posted a question on the on the Facebook page a few days ago, something like what what movie do you recommend to people? What horror movie? And my answer was the others, which was the original movie mm -hmm, we were going to yeah. talk about. And my my reasoning is that's always the movie that I point if somebody comes to me and says I don't really like horror movies, is there something you could recommend? I always do the others because it's like well acted and well paced and it's not just a good horror movie, it's a good movie and it doesn't have any of those tropes that non horror fans hate like there's no blood and guts there's no sex there's no violence. Um, you know all of those things. Wishmaster is the total opposite yes. of that. I would never recommend this to somebody who tells me they don't like horror movies. This is for somebody who likes all that dumb, fun mm -hmm. stuff, and they just want to see another absolutely. one. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Not a thing you said there was wrong. So um, not, not, that, not that I'm here to judge what you say. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't think I don't think we need to say too much more about it, really. So let's give it our rev the review system, which you probably know it's either a creative psychobab or it's shit. Um, and it's not shit. So for me, it's a creative psychopath. I would yeah. agree. Uh, but I suppose based on what you said, it could be shit if <laughs> looking at whatever your history is. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> now we do need to go to the Facebook group, but my phone has died. So... Uh, I'm going to try and... Oh, no. I could probably help you Thank with you. that. Because oh, it won't let me... I can't get to my internet on my laptop for some reason. 
we have one comment and it says from Mike and it says it's a little dumb, but also basically perfect. <laughs> Divoff is chewing scenery and I love it. Plus some great horror cameos. Everything that yeah, we just said. So true. Oh, well, yeah. Excellent. Oh, well, uh, thanks very much, Mike. I'm sorry that I couldn't read that out, but my phone died, which is fine because now I've got to try and remember what the last two questions are. That's it's OK. I know what they are. <laughs> oh, I can help you with oh, that okay. too. I know what they are. <laughs> Right, so that was the filling in the horror sandwich. So now we're going to get to these last two delightfully fun questions um, to finish off the podcast. So the first question is, what is a scary moment from a non-horror movie that you remember? When I was a little kid, I had this movie on VHS called The Velveteen Rabbit. I have no idea what it was Mm. about. scared the hell out of me. I would not watch it. To this day, that is probably the movie that has scared me the most. Um. Uh, and then I guess I would also shout out uh, Requiem for a Dream. Um, it's not like scary, scary jumping out of your seat, but it it gives me the same feeling that um, Hereditary does where you just feel gross. Yeah. Like it, it sticks with you in a bad way and you kind of just want to take a shower. I don't know, just where they're, you know. So if you could make a non-horror movie a horror movie, what would you choose? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Jumanji on that one. Uh, all the crazy stuff coming out of the board game, but you uh, don't frame it as a family movie. Take out Robin Williams, and um, I think you could have some really terrifying, awful things happening. And I don't know that uh, – I mean, it seems so obvious, but I don't. I can't think of any movie that's really done anything quite like that no, before. that would be a good one, a horror board game. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, like they've done – They've done like the, I think it was called Stay Alive. It was like a, you know, crappy Japanese horror ripoff, um, you know, where they get sucked into the video game and then the video game's real. Mm. But that's not, you know, that's not stuff coming out of the game to you. That's you going into yeah. the game. So, yeah, I think that would be a fun Yeah, premise. that sounds like fun. That sounds good. Right. Okay. So that is the final piece of bread in this horror sandwich. But because it's a horror sandwich, I have to ruin it for you. So... I don't know. I'm going to stand on it with dog poo. All right. <laughs> Apologies for that, but it is a horror sandwich. <laughs> right. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Do you have something you want people to watch or listen to? Nope. I don't do it. I have no podcast. I have no YouTube channel. I am just a man who works a normal job and just wanted to talk about horror movies for an hour. So well, that sounds good to me. That's the best place to be. You don't want to start a podcast. It's hard work. <laughs> it's hard work than it look. Right. So the last thing to say then is please join the Facebook group, Creative Psychopaths, um, where each week I put up what movie I'm going to be doing next. Um, the movie after this one, I think, is Train to Busan, but it might be Urban Legend. Um, I haven't decided if, if I can depends if i can rope the urban legend person in and if you'd like to be on the show uh, the email is creativepsychopathspod at gmail.com and the last thing to say is bye bye